Exactly. Right, we're going to grab a uh, beverage then. Yeah, get yourself a little beverage. If you, uh, We're live, by the way. Really? No, we're not. Yeah, we are. I started recording. Oh, Jesus. All right, hang on. Okay. Well, in the meantime, I'm just going to do some talking. So, uh, welcome to another episode of the uh, Migraine Beercast. This is an isolation episode, which is why uh, Todd sounds quite tinny. We are recording from separate locations. This is the first time we've done a, uh, a distance podcast. So apologies if this is even shitter than the usual ones. But oh. um, we'll give it a go. Uh, Thomas, have you rejoined us? No warning. Just bloody jump in there, why don't you? Yeah, well, I thought while, while we were waiting, I'd do a little intro and give everyone a quick debrief on uh, the situation. Uh, yeah. The, the situation, yes, because they've waited for this podcast for me to tell everyone about coronavirus. Uh, no, I just was telling everyone about the, the, the distance, the proxy episode, the via, the, the via proxy. The isolation episode. The isolation episode, exactly, and how we knew that all of our um, loyal fans, <laughs> I can't even say that properly, uh, all of our loyal fans couldn't go another day without an episode, so we're going to try one via distance and and see if that flawless chemistry that you and I have can be conveyed. <laughs> <laughs> this might be really good for our ratings. Uh, they can't get much worse. <laughs> I'm genuinely stoked that we have a couple of one-star ratings because I feel like that means that we've genuinely, genuinely really offended at least a few people. Oh, do we actually have star ratings? Yeah, well, not many of them because they're ones, but... <laughs> Where do you see the we have a, actually, I like it. I like it. We have a few ones uh, on the iTunes store, and we have a few fives. So I, I feel like we're properly divisive. <laughs> <laughs> we're no, really splitting that. Yeah, no, no one's really on the fence about us. You fucking hate us, or you uh, apparently have a bit of a soft spot for us. So I don't know. That works quite nicely. I, I really wish, like, rather than just giving it a one star, people actually wrote some amazing reviews about us. Oh, my God. I would love to hear just the... Just the outrage that those people have experienced, and you know what? We probably read and go, "Yeah, that's fair enough." Like I can't yeah. argue with, can't argue with yeah. any of that. We're real pieces of shit. <laughs> this guy called me a cunt. <laughs> well, he's not wrong. Yeah, he's yeah. onto that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, all right. So, just to provide some background as well, um, I'm just gonna, I'm bringing up the uh, the counter on my phone. But, geez, it's been a while since we've done it. This is the first podcast we've done of, of the year, actually. Now I think about it. Bullshit, really? No, it is, um, because as uh, well, some listeners might know, but I'm on to, I'm now on to day 85 of, of no drinking, um, so and that was pretty much since the beginning of the year. So the, 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 we were toying with this idea for a while before the lockdown, which was just, uh, I'm just taking a little breather. I'll be back soon, but even while not drinking, you know, we'd do a couple of episodes even in person, uh, if it was just going to, you know, just be you drinking and, you know, you can still review the beers. And a lot of the time, you know, a lot of our listeners can't actually even get the beers that we talk about anyway, because um, a bunch of our listeners are sort of overseas or, you know, some of the beers that we talk about are very local. So um, yeah. figured that it's might a, not be. We're um, a rough year so far as well. So yeah. And, you regardless know, regardless of COVID, it's also been bushfires in Australia that nearly wiped us out. And then it was floods and, now we're dealing with viruses, and who knows what's next. It's just another way of God testing our loyalty, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, devotion to this podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
now's a good time to I, I've realized over the last couple of months uh, or maybe not last couple of months sorry but the last maybe two to three weeks I've been listening to way more music listening to way more podcasts I've been uh, reading a lot more like there's, there's actually a lot of benefits to it um, you know and it's not great that the the, the self isolation and all that but you may as well make the most of it yeah no exactly I mean I've been trying to look at the positives of this I mean uh, come winter, I'll be really warm because of all the fat that I'm adding to my body. <laughs> there was plenty of that to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm doubling up, bro. I'm doubling up. Nice. Uh, no, nah, I've been trying to do lots of walking and all that kind of shit, which is like the one reason you're allowed to leave the house. Um, obviously, you heard about that guy that got an infringement notice for eating a kebab. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more Australian than, than yeah. a $1,000 kebab. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was walking um, with Elise, uh, my partner before, to get some food and shopping because... Like I said, that's the only thing you're really allowed to do is go for exercise and shop. And we bought some food and I felt really panicky. I was like, oh, we can't eat this while walking. People will be like, you know, that's not a reasonable excuse to leave your house to go get a fucking sandwich. And I'm like... And then your heart, then Elise is like, yeah, also it's a box of cereal, Todd. You, you can't eat that in public. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, like I was telling you before, I just find it so amusing that people are hoarding certain food items and I just picture them not knowing what to do with it. Like a guy, like I said, buying flour and he would just be like, I got a lot of flour now and I don't know what to do with it. It's so annoying. Like on one hand, look, I would like to believe, obviously this conversation stems from me telling you earlier that I was, I was going to do some cooking today and make some, make some pizzas and that all the baking goods were gone. But I mean, I will, I'm staying positive about this and I hope that genuinely the people that have bought this stuff, they, you know, they're, they're doing some, they're getting reacquainted with some stuff and they are baking and they're, they're doing stuff like, yeah, you're right. If people are just hoarding it, fuck them. But people are actually baking shit with their time off. That's awesome. Like, that's yeah. cool. But it, yeah, it is a bit frustrating because, you know, I literally walked like 15 minute walk to the shops today to, to buy some stuff and I'm like, cool, there's, there's none of the stuff that I actually need is here. So a bit annoying, but could be a lot worse, right? No, exactly. Like I, like I said, you got you got to see the positive in this really. I mean... I mean, for some people, it's really fucking shit because obviously a lot of uh, industries uh, are basically crashing around us. Yeah. Um, hospitality, especially, has taken a massive hit. Yeah. And um, oh, I don't know really not to say about that, like <laughs> thoughts and prayers and all that kind of shit. <laughs> but it's it's fucking tough for some people out there, man. Like they're really struggling. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, Everyone's trying to do their bit to kind of help out and you know, um, support where you can. And if you're lucky enough to still have a job during this time, yeah, uh, do what you can for your locals and help out in little ways, you know, like I thought you said you were doing like a, uh, check up on like some people in your area just seeing if they're all good and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, so that was the idea. So that was one of the ideas I was floating around while I was in, um, isolation. Cause I had to, for anyone who's actually listening to this, had to take a couple of weeks of sort of mandatory isolation because I came into contact with someone who had the virus. Um, all good, turns out it's fine. But obviously you don't know perhaps unless you could still be carrying it. You don't want to pass it on to anyone else. Um, so, and I'm still I'm still mindful of that even now, just being around older people. You obviously just, you know, people that are frail and you don't want to fuck with them. Um, but yeah, like one of the thoughts I did have was like perhaps there would be an opportunity um, you know, to just help people out in the area and just, cause I know that some people, um, have been dropping like, um, notices off, uh, you know, in other people's mailboxes, just saying like, Hey, if you need a hand or if you need anything, give me a heads up. And yeah, one of the things I was thinking of doing was like, even before this whole thing dropped was getting like a chest freezer just so I could cook heaps more food. 
But then I was like, well, fuck, you know, at a time like this, it would be pretty nice just to be able to help, help people around you just, you know, people who need it. Cause like I walked out onto the street, um, a few weeks ago and this, this 85 year old or so looking woman, well, walked past me and I just felt really bad for her. Like she just seemed to be by herself. And, you know, it's like, it's easy for us to, you know, you can talk about fucking like being easily misled by, uh, what's going on with fucking articles, like scaring the shit out of people. But at least, at least we're constantly for better or worse, like kept up to date with things. I think for older people, like it must be kind of terrifying just being in the dark about a lot of this. I mean, you think that, um, but I was talking to a mate of mine the other day and his um, grandparents. <laughs> He's 85. Um, even though they've been told like, you know, stay at home, we'll bring you all your food. You don't need to leave the house. We'll take care of it, you know. Um, this old grandmother is like obstinate and stubborn, like a lot of old people generally are, where they're in their seventies plus, and they're just kind of like, "Fuck it, I'm on death's door." I'm kind of I've accepted that once I hit my retirement age. And quite frankly, if it's a virus that takes me out, big whoop! I was expecting it to be a fall down the stairs. So <laughs> either way, I want to go to the fucking shop, get out of my way. So they're being really stubborn about it. Some people. Well, I think yeah, it might be a bit of a generalization, but I mean, having spent a degree of time, you know, with my grandparents before they died, there is that little bit sort of, I think, towards the end, you're like, well, I've had a good run. <laughs> Fuck it. Like, but, I mean, I feel, I do, like, I think it's different as well, though. Like, you know, probably if you're old and you have a, a partner, at least you kind of have someone to, to sort of share the experience with. But, like, I just, the people I see by themselves, that that makes me feel bad. That freaks, that yeah. that just plays on my mind a bit. But, um, hey, anyway, look, just quickly, um, let's, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that every single podcast on the planet is just talking about this fucking coronavirus at the moment on to on to happier topics what fucking beer are you drinking oh yeah um i'm drinking uh you know the range brewing co in queensland uh hmm do you have a picture of do you have the bottle there the tin oh yep yeah. yeah yeah you recognize that symbol i do i do gorgeous looking cans gorgeous um gorgeous so i really love this brewery um they've been up for couple of years now and they have an online store you can basically order it from and it gets delivered to you in the other states and everything but i love their um ethos basically the way they brew and the way they basically stick to uh not so much a well i guess a core range but they're always tweaking it or playing around with it so they'll have a double hopped pale ale and it's never the same as the one they brewed previously oh that's pretty cool so kind of like how wildflower have different blends similar but this is just like it's it's not like wild beer and it's just a style so they'll take one particular style and then continuously brew variations of it to see what works Mm. uh what's you know really tasty what you know is um popular amongst the people so they do basically a sour series a lager called crisp again which is always evolving and they're always trying to find a new way to um brew that they usually do a double dry hot pale ale, an IPA, a double IPA, and they have triple IPAs and a West Coast that they play around with as well. And you said these guys are called The Range and they're from Queensland? Yeah. That sounds pretty good. So what you're saying... The Range, just Range Brewing Co. Right. And yeah. what, what you're saying is, is that you could you could buy what essentially looks like the same can a year apart but be tasting something different, a variation of... I mean, lately... Uh, when they originally opened up, they had like the same cartoon kind of looking characters on their cans and it was always a different color. So let's say for like the pale ale, it was like, um, 
a barbarian holding an axe, basically, and each time they released a pale ale, they changed the colour of him. Right. Uh, but now they're kind of going a bit funky on their can art um, and doing, like, uh, actual kind of naming for it each time. So this one's called Informal Disco. And that, which one was that again, sorry? It's a double dry hop pale ale from about, I think, la, three month, three weeks ago. Right. And when we're recording this, this is, what, first week of April, like 5th, 6th of April or something? 5th of April. Yeah, so they've since then they've already released another dry hopped pale ale uh, called Invoice, I think. <laughs> A lot of those yeah. aren't getting paid at the moment. Sorry? Don't worry, just a stupid topical joke. Uh, yeah, no, keep going, sorry. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I love this brewery. They're one of the few people that I constantly order their beers online and I'm very excited to try each time. Because I like that ethos. Like I said, they're constantly doing the same style of pushing the limits and exploring what the slight tweaks in molten hops can do. So that's kind of cool. So so what you're saying as well, I guess maybe sort of answering my own question from before, but is that when they, they, they don't just – like the, the name of the beer might stay the same, but, but the design of the can can change with the flavor as well sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah, nice. That's awesome. And they also, they also tell you on the side of the can, like, the malts that they use, the hops, the yeast strain. So every time you get one of these, if you wanted to keep the can or try to remember what the last one tasted like, you could compare. Yeah. So really, like, most of their pale ales, I've noticed, always use the East Coast Ale yeast because most of their dry-hopped pale ales are very uh, juicy, hazy pale ales. Mm. Um, they generally, I mean, most pales start off with a lot of uh, malt. Uh, called extra pale malt. That's basically the base for most beers, anyway. Now, is um, that is that international? Like, sorry, like is that internationally sort of renowned, like that that style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Most, so it's like most a global beers, term. Yeah, most beers, the body of the beer is generally pale malt. That's right. like a starter or pilsner malt. So mm. that hardly changes at all. Like we're talking probably like eighty to ninety percent of the malt bill is generally going to be. Um, pale malt. Right, okay. And then you have your other malts, and sometimes you have, uh, I always fuck up this word, adjuncts? Adjuncts? I don't know, you guess spelling. Almost like like additives, like something like rye. Okay. It's not considered a malt, so to speak. It's considered an adjunct or whatever the fuck it's called. I see. So the other ones in this are Golden Promise malt and Caramunic malt. And, and how are you finding it? <laughs> it's fucking delicious. Um, this is actually one they've done before in the past and they rebrewed it because it was so popular. And I can kind of see why. It's very, very juicy, very hazy. I also found out something interesting the other day that um, generally beers that have had a lot of dry hopping tend to lose their head. Okay. Because of the oils in the uh, hops that are extracted during dry hopping basically um, – they don't, they don't really kind of blend well with head retention, so to speak. Hmm. That's I mean, I could, if I really wanted to, I could get into the whole science of it, but it's very <laughs> – what I spent my um, Wednesday doing for work. Shock news development. Three podcast listeners developed coronavirus just from listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new virus going around where people bleed from the ears just listening to it. Well, that would explain some of the one-star reviews we got, so I can't <laughs> And um, hops-wise, it's nothing but Citra and Simcoe. Ooh, I do like me some Citra and some Simcoe. They're possibly two of my favorite hops apart from Mosaic. Mosaic is also delicious. 
But then again, I mean, I'm at a point now where, I mean, I fucking, yeah, I mean, my only, only real goal is to come up on 100 days without drinking, so for me, it's been a long time. I'd, I'd be happy with any beer at this point, but um, I mean, as I was saying to you, I think my, my plan now is, because just because I'm on autopilot now, like I don't actually, like I do miss drinking a little bit, but it's not, now that I've just gone so long without it, I don't, like in the, before this, I would have been like, oh, you know, it's the weekend or like, you know, going to have to have a few beers or like that just, it would already just be kind of ingrained in my way of thinking that that's just part of the process of the day. Whereas now, like I just, it, I, it doesn't even occur to me, but every once in a while I'll be like, oh my God, a beer would be fucking fantastic. So, I mean, whilst I think originally, like it would have been nice just to hit a hundred days, I've, I've kind of figured now that we're in this um, isolation, like I'll just, I'll wait until the pubs reopen and then, you know, hopefully you and I can go down to the pub. And I thought, well, what, what better way to celebrate than have a beer with the rest of Australia? Like if you're looking, if you're yeah. looking for a reason oh. to have your first drink back, then, you know, ho- hopefully everyone will be in a good mood and be, be happy to be out. And I mean, fuck, who knows when that is? Like, I'm not, you know, I don't have any sort of great expectations for that being something that's going to happen within the next couple of weeks or anything like that. But I mean, at the same Probably time, when so, it happened. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think, look, realistically, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, something you and I have discussed at the moment is like, and I think a lot of people are kind of experiencing is either saving their money out of, I guess, a feel of necessity, but also just having less things to spend your money on. Um, So it is, you know, I figured, well, if I'm sitting at home a lot and I am saving a bit more money anyway, I mean, like I was saving a shit ton of money just by not buying alcohol. I mean, uh, for me, I think, you know, probably not great to admit on a beer podcast, but I mean, as most beer drinkers can probably relate to who like a, who buy good beers or drink a lot of beer. It was just like when I took the time off or started taking the time off, some realization of how much money I was spending on alcohol. Like, oh, dude, I'm, like, I'm saving money and I'm still drinking at home. Like, yeah, which is, which like, is what I'm not going out. That's yeah. saving money. And that's crazy. what I mean, man. Like before the, um, before the, this whole, um, uh, quarantine isolation stuff was going on just me stopping drinking I was spending I was still going out and doing everything else like I'd still be going to the pub with you guys and you know life was you know I just wouldn't be ordering a drink so but just by doing that I was spending about on weekends I was spending about 50% less than usual and now that we're in isolation I'm spending probably less than 30% of what I usually would be and that still you know, that still means doing other things. Like, I mean, obviously it's a fairly limited range, but like still buying things that I need or perhaps, you know, investing in, not investing, but like buying things that in the past I would have been like, oh, I don't have the money for that. But really it was just like, oh, I'm spending money on booze, you know? Yeah. I, I bought a pool and a tent. You did. Your With my money. Pimp your yard. Pimp my yard. I it's mean, actually, I haven't used it since I got it, but it's there if I need it. I mean, <laughs> paddling like pool a, might like be a better a class a white person response to everything it's like I haven't used it but it's there when I want to <laughs> hashtag privilege mm. but I mean well yeah I, I mean if you why did you buy a tent well because I got um, my son at home because uh, he's not going to school and he might not be going to school for a very long time <laughs> you're just quarantining him in the tent yeah well basically no it was more about like you know I want to be outside but you know um he can hop in the pool and play, but then he can sit in the tent and stay out of the sun, get some 
um, outside time, you know, it's a bit more open being in a tent with the uh, flaps open than it is like being inside with a window open, you know? I mean, I guess. So, yeah, I'm just I, I know. I think you said flaps. Flap. <laughs> <laughs> open the flaps, boy! <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's a nicer place to be than just cooped up inside. I mean, if it, it's not ideal, but if it's the best you can do at a time and in this situation is to get out and just be out in the garden, then, yeah, I think it was worth it. It was only like 10 bucks, so I'm not... Yeah, but like, I mean, I've kind of like... I mean, I'm in a similar spot, um, not necessarily tent buying, but like the other day I bought... um, uh, Like I was heaps into skateboarding in high school, um, and the other day, like I've been thinking heaps... Like I never have recurring dreams, but for some reason the one recurring dream I always have is about skateboarding. Uh, always barefoot for some reason as well, which I don't really understand. But over like the last two years, I'm like, oh, I should get a skateboard again and just go. Because I used to, it used to be like, yeah, I used to spend so much time doing it as a kid. Mm. And the other day, I was just like looking at, you know, all this money that I hadn't spent because just not going out. And I was like, fuck it, just buy a skateboard. And it was weird. Like I went online and I looked for the like, this brand that I used to love like 17 years ago and all, and like, you know, found the specific board that I wanted and stuff. And like, it just suddenly got heaps nostalgic. And I've just been like, just gone down this, this fucking rabbit hole again of just like all this stuff I used to love when I was a teenager. And I was like, yeah. this is kind of cool. Just like reconnecting with an old part of who I was, which, you know, yeah. had, had this not happened, I, I probably wouldn't have done. It's funny how like your adult life becomes like this so monotonous kind of just this is what you're meant to be doing and do it kind of thing. And you forget about all those things you used to get excited about, like as a teenager or kid. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And so, so I bought the stuff and now I was getting excited and I started looking up all these, these old, uh, well, I mean, I guess they are older now, but like skateboarders that I used to follow. And like, it's funny how the last time I looked at all these skateboarders, it was in magazines that I had subscriptions to. And now they all have Instagram accounts. I'm just like, it's so weird. You know, like back when I used to, you used to buy the magazines or you'd get a subscription and you'd wait to them for them to be shipped from America and that's and you'd occasionally buy it. Like I used to have old skate tapes, you know, VHS that I'd, that I'd buy and like burn the tapes out because you'd watch them so much. And now it's just like they're, ah, they're all on Instagram and you can watch like a one-minute clip of them skating and stuff. You're like, it's just, it's weird. Like it's, yeah. it's like a time portal sort of thing. But, um, but yeah, you're totally right in saying that. Um, what one? I bought a deck, yeah. I bought a deck. <laughs> I bought a deck. I still got to get um, the other bits for it. But I figured like I don't really – like technically it is exercise, but considering that, you know, like I like police and security guards and stuff always seem to have beef with skating, I'm like I probably won't use it until we can go back out because I feel like if I was just skating around, a lot of people wouldn't consider that exercise because of – Oh, I mean I saw some people today doing skateboarding in my area and I figure it is exercise. It's – you know? oh, okay. Well, we'll see how we go. If you maintain distance from people, and it's a solo act anyway, so what's the problem? Well, um, I thought about laughing. masturbation, but that didn't work out. <laughs> I'm just picturing you with like knee pads, elbow pads, and a pillow strapped to your ass, <laughs> and my and, um, head. <laughs> <laughs> a huge helmet and like gloves. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, bro. It's been a while since you did this. You ready? I'm just pushing you down a fucking steep hill. Yeah. Just doing that mini me scream when he gets ejected into space. <laughs> I was thinking of that meme with um, I forget that guy's actor's name where he rocks up to high school with a skateboard and a hat. And he's like, "Hello, fellow kids." <laughs> Steve Buscemi. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a classic. Yeah, I mean, but you are right, though. Like, I think I think that in other circumstances, I could probably just um, – probably wouldn't have done it. And, I mean, I know I, the running joke between uh, you and I is, like, you constantly giving me shit because I'm like, oh, I'm going to cook more, I'm going to cook more, and I, I never just did it. Whereas, like, now, finally, it's like there's so much time. And, obviously, a lot of the pubs are shut anyway, uh, yeah. which is, you know, where a lot of time and, and money got spent on food and beverage. But, like – now it's just like, oh, yeah, shit, like, I'm just going to start cooking things. And, like, you just get in that rhythm and you start doing it. And you're like, oh, this can't – these are things that can actually be a regular part of my life. And you do wonder, like, it will be interesting to see after all of this whether life goes back to normal or however, you know, what that's going to look like and when. But, like, you do kind of hope that some of these things will stay, you know, they'll yeah. stick. Well, it depends on the individual. I mean, I believe society will go back to the way it was, unfortunately. Um, but I think for individuals, yeah, it all comes down to their own uh, willpower and if they want to maintain or keep up the habits they work on during this isolation. So, Yeah, and I think in a way you could kind of look at it like an exercise routine for people that have done it and then fallen out of the loop. It's like, well, when things do go back to whatever they were or some variation of that, there's at least that knowledge. It's like, oh yeah, we we did all do this, and you know, there was a sense of community and and I uh, like sort of you know people looking out for one another and stuff. And I would like to think that that will continue after this. Fuck knows if it will, but I mean, at least in my area, people are forming like little groups and helping each other out online. Like it's really nice, you know. Well, I feel like that only happens because of the crisis, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And outside of the crisis, you kind of think, well, I don't really need to be doing this or offering this service because no one really needs it or yeah, you're just I, aware of it. No, I agree with that. Maybe I guess what I meant more was kind of the the sentiment behind the the, the action. So I get what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. That There's there's a demand for it or it, it, it exists because of that demand for it. But I mean, I think at the same time, there is also like um, – there is a the, the, the there is an intent a good intention behind it as well. I think is what I'm trying yeah. to say. People are trying to establish a new sense of you know community and and um, uh, fuck. I, let's just stick with it. That's a just, yeah, new sense of community. Not yeah. Yeah. Um, just quickly getting back on to beer because I had something to point out to you, which is really awesome. Um, <laughs> and we're a beer podcast, apparently. Yeah, apparently we do beer on this podcast coronavirus experts over here. Lol. Um, Garage Projects in New Zealand, mm-hmm. who we're obviously all big fans of. Are we? I mean, you have said yeah, that it is your favourite beer of all oh, time. Oh, that was just a classic, I've been in isolation joke too long. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sick of those. Oh, yes. Anyway, sorry, you were saying. Um it's finally happened. I've been waiting for this to basically happen for years since they came out. And I love their beers is that they now have an Australian online store. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, you can now order all of their beers that are available, uh, online, including merchandise and some of their wine range, mm-hmm. um, and get it delivered to your door. And it's fucking amazing. I ordered, they do this, uh, monthly IPA series. So every month they'll release a fresh IPA. But do they have the touchwood? That's the important question. Um, they did last time I checked, bro. So Ooh. you might want to jump on there. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not cheap. But no, I gathered that. It's like it's like a thirty one dollars for a bottle of that. Yeah, yeah. 
It's a great I mean, it's not bad, actually. It is a strong alcohol. Oh, like, just one yeah. of those alone will get you shit-faced. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's really awesome now that you can just get on there, get a bunch of beers delivered to your house from one of the best breweries in the world. So jump on there and do that. Like I said, I did a whole bunch of um, fresh April IPA, and I've got like six of them left, which I'm really enjoying. They're absolutely smashing. And I grabbed their Turbo Fuzz, which is like a triple hazy IPA. Yeah, and I mean, I think it is worth pointing out because I mean, Garage Project, I would, they're pretty famous in like, you know, the Australasian region. But for anyone who's keen elsewhere to have a look, um, and we've spoken about them a bunch of times on the, on the podcast, but I mean, um, for anyone who's interested, just go to garageproject.com.au uh, or .co.nz um, and, and suss them out because they've got some, yeah, some, fantastic beers like I look I think you and I have admitted we, we don't love all of them but they've got more hits uh, more hits than misses that's for sure oh absolutely and they've got more beer than most the average brewery does anyway like they're not one that's just kind of like oh this is our core range yeah I mean obviously they do have some beers that are continuously brewing all the time all year round yeah because they're fucking amazing but then outside of that they're always um testing and pushing boundaries like I said this Fresh IPA monthly series is phenomenal. I love the concept, and they've been doing it for nearly a year and a half now. And out of all those months, I've only ever managed to try two of them, so I probably missed out on 24 beers. <laughs> Your liver's probably very thankful for that. I'm so upset about it. But anyway, <laughs> it's, um, it's awesome now that you can just order it online, like I said. And I've also noticed during this isolation thing um, – the ability of a lot of breweries to create their online ordering system is going really well. Yeah. And there's this whole support local, uh, you know, act local um, thing going on where it's like if you live in the area of any local brewery, then please support them and get on there, guys, to because they're all going through a rough period right now. I mean, hospitality is basically died in the ass. It's um, a standstill, yeah. Pretty much, and places like breweries, which have very high overheads, and they don't just—they can't just turn that off. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they have—they owe so much money to their suppliers, and they have to pay for the beer they've already made, yeah. which isn't—it's not even in the hands of the consumer yet, and it's like they have to pay tax on that. So, well, what I thought was yeah. really cool as well. Um, speaking of local breweries, is um, Grifter Brewing Company uh, or Brewing Co. Sorry, they. Um, they've set up yeah their online delivery system but what i think is really cool is they do mixed cases so mm. you and like they have a fantastic selection of beers so i think that's really cool that you can pretty much just mix and match a bunch of different six packs and get that yeah. delivered but yeah i think like it's obviously really shitty circumstances and, and no one wants it to be where it is um but you know like you and i have spoken a fair bit actually outside of this of you know looking at trying to look at the positives and remain positive instead of just, you know, being really shitty about everything. And, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head before when talking about um, uh, the fact that it kind of has, you know, kind of kicked some some breweries into action, into, you know, making their stock uh, more readily available. And, you know, I think there is this, there is this feeling of, of support out there that people are backing their locals. And, you know, again, you mentioned a lot of that obviously does has to do does have to do um, with the with the circumstances, and, and you know, will that stay in place afterwards? Probably not. But it would be nice to think that some variation, some degree of that, will remain after this. You know, that it's opened the door 
um, for something else. And what that looks like, I don't know. And what that, you know, materializes into or how that takes shape, I don't know. But um, I think, yeah, a lot of people have, have really at least tried to capitalize on a shitty situation in a positive way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think they'll continue. Most of them won't continue uh, after this has all died down because it's generally um, competition for bottle shops who buy their beers already and sell it to the public. So it's um, kind of frowned upon uh, outside of these circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's why I was saying, you know, it, it would be nice to see, like, I don't know in what capacity, in, uh, in what capacity or um, what it might take on, like how it will look after this, but just mm. the, the sentiment and the idea behind it. I think that's what's cool. Um, and it would yeah. be nice to see if that takes shape in some other form. Um, you know, if it's just, even if it's just something that's community based, I mean, I think, you know, again, like people are kind of rallying together in smaller hubs at this point, And that is nice to see. And it would, it would just, it would, even though obviously the, the best thing would be for life to, you know, in inverted commas, go back to normal. It would also be kind of cool to see some of the togetherness retained once we kind yeah. of just make our way back out into the world. Absolutely, like definitely supporting each other and, you know, helping out where needed. I um, just go back to what you said. I love the concept of breweries um, doing a mixed case of their range and maybe after this that would be something that hopefully they kind of stick with where it's like, you, you, you know, Breweries do do takeaway options, growlers, squealers, cases of their core range and stuff like that. But I'm not really aware of any of that kind of when you go in, you can get a case of like a total mixed bag of their beers. I think, And I think that's so cool. Like I know, yeah, I completely agree. I, the thing I find funny as well, I mean it's clearly there's a, there's a marketing gimmick to it. But obviously you could walk into a brewery and be like, okay, I'm going to get four different six-packs. But I think what's really cool – and look, maybe Grifter aren't doing this, but – the way I, from what I saw, they are doing this is that it's literally a packaged case. And I think, from like a marketing and branding perspective, it would be so cool to walk into a into a brewery and have that pre-packaged case that has a different design on it, and you know that you're getting just like this variety of maybe four yeah. to six different beers. And yeah, you know what? Maybe you spend maybe you spend ten dollars more than you would on on the average case, but it's also knowing that you've got this cool variety of different shit in there. Like to me, that's really interesting. Did you hear about the Wayward Cellar uh, Door series? Uh, well, if, if they made some changes to it, or well, well, it's only that. Well, they've been, it's only what they've been doing during this quarantining thing, where like they can only do takeaways and stuff. What they essentially did was they filled up some uh, plain cans from the tap systems in their um, brewery tap room and put it into four packs and basically sold it off in like cases as well as a cellar door mix pack right okay which was really cool because actually looking at the beers they had on offer as well there was a really awesome mixed bag of beers there you know so did you actually know what you were getting though yeah yeah you totally knew right okay yeah and there's other other places like carbon cellars beer cartel they're doing these quarantinis (laughs) which is basically uh, a advent calendar essentially so it's like 25 beers it's a mystery box and it supports all your local and independent breweries. Yeah. Um, and it's just a 25 or so mixed bag of really awesome beers. So that's something that you should also get onto if you're out there listening and want some nice beers while you're in isolation, I guess. Yeah. And see, just again, that's just a cool, it's just a cool way of just, it's just another way of getting creative and supporting local, 
local businesses. Because I mean, you know, again, like not to harp on about it, but it is something I have been thinking of, like even just not drinking at the moment. I'm like, I still like to, I still like to buy some stuff for when I am drinking again, because there is that whole idea of wanting to support, you know, the the, the, yeah. the companies and the people that, that do need it at the moment. I mean, you've still you've still got some awesome winter beers cellaring, don't you? I do, I do. I mean, fuck. I mean, God knows when I'm going to have them. I mean, at this point, I'm just contemplating giving them to you, to be honest, because they've had them for fucking years and never opened them. But yeah, there's some, there's some, there's a couple good, good ones. Yeah, don't waste your cellaring by giving them to me. I mean, we should definitely drink them together. <laughs> <laughs> there it um, is. Um, don't just give them to me. No, we should definitely drink them together at some point. And <laughs> I mean, I'll have two thirds of them, Alex. But you know, like. Still. <laughs> I'll give you the dregs. Yeah, I can have the dregs. I mean, yeah, look, fuck knows how they even taste now. Expand on your cellar, dude. Get some more. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking some of the stuff that I wanted to get, though, I mean, I'd probably have to refrigerate it immediately. Um, Like, you wouldn't want to leave it. Yeah, it depends what you want to get. Yeah, and I mean, I would like to, I mean, again, this is something I was thinking about getting ages ago, was just getting like a small little, like a little wine fridge, you know, that can hold about um, 12 different bottles, but like, just so I can keep some like mad beers, like just like properly chilled. There's like, see, this is this is why like I can't just do things in moderation. I either have to quit drinking or buy a wine cellar that I'd plug in my room. There's just no middle ground. You know, it's like, oh, I just go to the pub for a beer and call it a day. It's like, nah, nah. I'm going to add up. I'm going to add fifteen dollars onto our monthly electricity bill in my bedroom. <laughs> I need a catheter to tap it into my veins <laughs> while I sleep. That's yeah. That's just for fun, though. Like that's just for kicks. Anyway, man, I might do just. I'll do a quick review of this range one, mm. and then I've got to sign off. So no worries. Um, so informal disco, double dry hopped pale ale from Range Brewing Co. in Queensland, Australia. Um, so it's a hazy, juicy pale ale, double dry hopped with Simcoe and Citra. And very different from your standard pale ales that you find from most breweries. And it is pretty fucking smashable. But it's, again, one of those ones I can never do more than one hazy pale ale, IPA, whatever it is. If it's hazy, I have one and I'm immediately just like, well, my taste buds are completely destroyed. Mm. And I'm pretty much done on that one. Yeah. So I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It is um, a perfect... Uh, style example and brew in itself it's just not something that I would reach for um, again and again yeah and like I said for these guys it's exciting to try each one of their beers every time something new comes out just to kind of keep you um, guessing and kind of building on your own knowledge and tastes of what um, beer and brewing and styles have to offer Mm. so all in all not bad not bad not bad not bad good stories um, definitely a brewery worth checking out. I would say in Australia right now, uh, my top breweries are Range, um, Quiet Deeds, which you just see fuck tons of their beers being pumped out at the moment, and all of them are generally bloody amazing. I had a couple the other day, and they were all fantastic. It was Tempest, and I don't, I don't know about that Simcoe hop, and the I don't know about that Simcoe hop was probably my favourite beer of the year. I know it's only March slash April, but it was absolutely standout, and I reckon that'll be my beer of the year all the way to 2021. Nice. And then apart from that, you got Mr. Banks down in Melbourne. You don't see a lot of that in New South Wales, but they are also doing some fantastic beers. So 
Yeah, I think that's it. Quiet Deeds, Range, and Mr. Banks. Definitely keep your eyes out for those ones. Cool. All right. Oh, wait, dude, sorry. Interrupt. Mm. Uh, Mr. Banks, I showed you that one they did of like a double chocolate fudge stout. Yes, yes, you did. Oh, I've really got to get my hands on that. And that they're also fantastic. going online delivery, so maybe that's something you could look into. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's that, that beer's right up my alley. That has, uh, that reminded me immediately of um, old... Um, Coco Jesus. Evil, yeah, evil twin over there. So, mm-hmm. um, all righty, cool. Well, if let's call that one there and maybe try and do another one, uh, yeah, sometime next week. Yeah, plenty of time. Well, that's it. <laughs> all right, buddy. All right, cheers, mate. Catch gotcha. you later. Bye.